don't want to get ready to do as you say. So we, we reach out not as unto goats to be goats, but as unto sons of men. Is that my friends? Is that hey, Ben. Four, three, the game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. How exciting to join you on a uh, Victory Monday, the first Monday of October. Merely the great P-Man. And we've got uh, our cast of thousands assisting. Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Across the way. And intern Courtney's here. Car and all. Yes, car and all. Car and all, intern Courtney is here. Uh, it is uh, real nice to have you with us here. As we've got, uh, well, let's, uh, let's. I, I thought Saturday was about as perfect as anything could have gone. Oh, yeah. Lots of great tailgating. I thought that the Parmalee concert was uh, pretty cool. It was like Greenville flipped a switch. It felt like it was asleep for the past six or seven years. And then after that game, it was a whole new Greenville. <laughs> It's a whole new world now, isn't it, Ben? Um, I thought the game was good. ECU probably may have played their best half, certainly their best quarter, but possibly their best half in years. And I'm not just saying years to just say it. I'm saying years. It's pretty clear cut. It's years. It's one of the best you'll ever see. And I think what makes it really impressive is Look, Tulane's not a great football team, a little thin up front, but they're well coached. And as everybody expected, they came back in the third. But ECU answered after kind of sleepwalking their way through the third and and got to the fourth quarter. So a a really excellent weekend and a perfect weekend as far as Pirate football goes. Uh, And now ECU is sitting there at three and two with the – University of Central Florida Golden Knights on the uh, schedule. They don't like to be called University of Central Florida, and they don't like to be called the Golden Knights, and I will call them that all week because uh, they deserve to be called that. Uh, some more news today. Um, when you get beat by Navy, you know, I'll call you whatever I want to call You know, it. that's interesting. Navy came back. 
Navy was down 14 in the fourth, and that offense didn't exactly built to come back from a bunch of touchdowns. It's built to keep you from scoring pretty much, keep your, deep, right. uh, keep your offense off the field. It's built to when they're ahead, they're going to run clock. And for them to come back and beat UCF, I think was pretty impressive. Does make things kind of interesting when you get into that. All right, let's count the wins because we got three. Maybe should have four. But all right, this game, this game. I mean, it's again, it's going to come down. I think to that stretch run in November over the final two, three weeks of the season. Um, was announced today. By the way, the UCF game, 6 o'clock. We, we told you that last week. So our, our coverage this week of our Pirate Game Day countdown for Bush Light will be at 3 o'clock. 3 to 5, I'm told here in the studio. I'm working on a catered meal, Ben, by the way. Working on a catered meal. Nice. But um, the last game of the year has been announced as a either 3.30 or 7 p.m. kick on the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, as the young people like to call to go shopping. And uh, that will mean uh, either an ESPN window or an ABC window that day. The Alphabet Network. That I think it really all depends on what is Cincinnati doing at that point, and are they squarely in? Are they on the cusp of? Look, they're number five in the latest poll this week. And... Clearly, somebody in the top four is going to lose next weekend with Penn State and Iowa playing, right? So, assuming Cincinnati. Yeah, Iowa in the top four? Yeah. Wow. Assuming Cincinnati wins, they would theoretically be in the top four. And it's not like Cincinnati has come out and beaten up on a bunch of, as Ben likes to call them, tomato cans in the boxing, if I may invoke a little boxing parlance. I like it. They beat Notre Dame, who had not lost in 26 games at home. Went to Notre Dame and beat Notre right. Dame. exactly. And not just, I mean, kicked their tail. That game was not as close as that final score would indicate. That was like a Heisman-type signature game for Desmond Ritter. Not saying he will win the Heisman, but you always hear when it comes to Heisman candidacy, does he have a signature game? That's definitely one for Desmond Ritter. He was the player of the week. Now, look, I know... And he did. Keaton Mitchell was special on Saturday. That win is more important. Well, I was going to say that's a that's just a bigger. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you got to give it to him. That's a look. ECU would would they have won had Mitchell not been in the lineup? Probably not. Possibly would have, but you know, obviously, what Keaton Mitchell did allowed the offense to to thrive. And. There's no doubt what Desmond Ritter did was pretty, pretty damn impressive. Pretty impressive. So I, I haven't seen too much of this outside of just the normal circles that like to try to stir controversy because there's this passe idea that, hey, if I'm controversial, if I'm edgy, I could get attention to my product. Well, okay. But I do think that they got it right with. Ritter being the conference player of the week, offensive player of the week. Uh, any other week, Keaton Mitchell would have been the offensive player of the week. It's just he picked the wrong day to have a big day. Got to understand, they beat Notre Dame. Well, no, that's why. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I get it. 
No, I, I know it. you get it. I'm just saying. Like, there's I, the some doubters, that don't. Like, settle down. Well, there's just some that don't. They beat Notre Dame. We beat Tulane, who was, what, one and four, one and three coming They're one and game? three now. Yep. And Now, the most important thing out of the other day was the Pirates are one and oh in the conference. Halfway there with uh, seven to play to get bowl eligible. You got to like the idea that they, somewhere in the remaining seven, can at least pick off three wins. One would hope. Uh, does not appear to get any easier. Obviously, closing with Cincinnati, especially if they're on the cusp of making history, is going to be a tough deal. Uh, you got Houston on the road. Houston just dismantled uh, Tulsa. What a fall off. What a drop off for Tulsa since last year. Yeah. I mean, Houston just, just hammered them. So you got UCF this weekend who certainly is going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to roll after blowing that lead. Houston's not going to be a, an easy game. The Thursday game on the 28th against USF uh, is one that, you know, you might feel pretty good about if you're you're the Pirates. Uh, Temple beats Memphis. Memphis looked awful in that game, didn't they? Yeah, that was a little bit of a shocker for myself. I don't know about anybody else, but that definitely was a shocker to me. Well, look, I, I think it just goes to show you that, like in anything, you just can't go around assuming that you're going to get a victory. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you just can't go ahead and count these things up necessarily. Uh, USF, by the way, losing to SMU. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't know how much they struggled with them early, but uh, SMU kind of poured it on a little bit at the end there. Uh, but, you know, that USF game here Thursday, that, that'll be how how dialed in is USF still? Is South Florida still engaged? Are they still listening to their coach at that point? Uh, Temple, again, that was a big win against Memphis. Memphis has, what, dropped two in a row since they uh, beat uh, Mississippi State, yep, was it? You yeah. got it. Then you go to Memphis, never easy. That place gets very cold in November. I, You know, playing Navy on the road late, again, Navy has never been a great matchup for the Pirates. Better matchup last year, but just not a great matchup for the Pirates. And then Cincinnati. So, I just I, – Look, three and two is great. Be better if you're four and one. You probably feel a lot better about where you are. But Saturday was the biggest game of the season, and we pronounced it as such for many reasons. You win that game, you're now in a spot to, and in the case of ECU, continue momentum. Three wins in a row for the first time since 2014. Three conference conference wins in a row for the first time since that season. You date back to last year. So, it's a big, big deal for Mike Houston's team. Uh, do we have the Houston cut, Ben, that he talked about right off the jump? Was this the first statement that he made, or did somebody ask him this? What's that? The statement that he made about. Oh, oh, the, the criticism? The, the, the criticism that, statement. That's a little bit later on, but I. What number is that? Or is it not on the vast soundbite roster at this point? It's up here, um, 12. Let's play with let's let's hit that one here. Let's go with that one here to start. Because we got Zoki coming up in a few minutes, but I we'll get to the full pirate report, but I just I want to play this. This was Coach Houston. This was pretty fiery stuff from him. Right. It just means we're one and in the conference and we get a chance to go down to Orlando and try to get a win next week. I mean I, it, belief. That's what it does. Confidence in themselves. That was that's that that's the thing that was absent from the program two and a half years ago. There was zero confidence in the program. And uh those kids believe, 
And you can ask me all about the heat you want to, because all the heat, they can kiss my rear end. Okay, so you can print that. All right, because as long as those kids in that locker room believe and those coaches believe, I'll take our loyal fan base because there's a lot of loyal pirates around here, and they believe. So anybody else, they can go fly a kite. There you go. Go fly a kite. Go fly a kite. Clip that one, Ben. That's a keeper for the future, right? Go fly a kite. Uh, <laughs> I hear Ben in there already clipping it away. There you go, Ben. Uh, look, uh, Keaton Mitchell was was awesome. Uh, Holt Naylor's made some tremendous throws. He's up until the last couple of weeks, and, and really up until this last week, had been, still been a little questionable with Holton, but uh, he looked great. Made a great fourth down throw over the middle. You know which one I'm talking about, Ben? Oh, yeah. That was big-time stuff. I think it was Omatosho maybe made the catch, or is it Sneed? One of the two. Huge catch, though. I mean, on fourth and short. Puts the Pirates in a position late to to score. It was it was really a thing of beauty. Great stuff. And uh, look, there had been um, just the offense had not put it together. The offense came out really uh, ready to roll wide open. Ayler was was uh, great. Tyler Sneed got the football. Was the leading receiver on the day. It seemed like that they did a really good job of getting other receivers involved. Hatfield, I think, made his first catch for the first time and. A game or two. And the offense was perfectly balanced. When you look at the stat sheet, I mean, I think the Russian, I think Russian-wise, we only had maybe like seven more yards than the passing yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it was almost perfectly balanced, exactly how Houston wants it. So. Well, and I think it shows when you run the football. Um, Opens up the pass game. Sure does. And it did big time. Offensive line did a really good job. Uh, Sneed, we mentioned Omatosho, they were the leading receivers. Uh, got Ryan Jones involved. That was good to see. Uh, Shane Calhoun getting reinvolved again. T.J. Johnson with uh, a 23-yard reception, part of his 52-yard day. And Rajay had a really good day. The only problem was he was playing behind Keaton Mitchell, who had a historical <laughs> day. So, <laughs> I mean, you look at 20 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown, and I think he had a receiving touchdown as he well. Did, I yeah. mean, and he, I mean, without Keaton Mitchell, I mean, we might have been talking about him as the player of the game, but. Keaton Mitchell had a he just went off had a monster day that no it was it was pretty amazing the uh, 222 yards and I think the most yards since a Chris Johnson day yep that, uh, that is correct maybe yep. back in the Aloha Bowl or the Hawaii since Bowl. the Hawaii Bowl yep. yep used to be called the Aloha Bowl back in the uh, day bring right. back the Aloha Bowl I like that better I like the Aloha Bowl better you know I guess they're working on building a new uh, stadium for the Bows down there and about time there. about time yeah, but are they going to still be able to play the ball? I guess they can't play the ball in their new stadium. It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, why not? Why not play it in the new They may have the new stadium. Their stadium's falling apart. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Time to grab a break. Ben, we've got a pair of Alice Cooper tickets, a very exclusive, hard-to-get ECU co-branded Mudcats hat. I've got one of those. Oh, let me tell you, it's pretty hard to get. <coughs> Yeah, I've got one under lock and key that we'll throw in here. And a 94-3 The Game t-shirt. So you're going to get a t-shirt, the co-branded ECU Carolina Mudcats purple and gold hat. If you saw any pictures of the big hen, he was he was rocking it on uh, homecoming Saturday. It's a good-looking hat. And then a couple of tickets to see Alice Cooper and Ace Freely, formerly of KISS. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, inside of... Uh, 
oh, what is it? The Red Hat over there in downtown Raleigh. Yeah. That's a pretty neat little place. I've seen it. I've never been, I've never seen a show or anything in it. I know a lot of people have gone, but it just kind of sits there in downtown. It's kind of a cool little uh, place. Seems like it's pretty easy to get to. So we'll do caller five going into the break, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you are a caller five, you'll win all of that. The big get there, Dallas Cooper tickets are pretty big, but the big get there is that hat. It's exclusive. It is. Cop can't even it get is. One. Uh, there, well, we're working on getting T Cop <laughs> one, but there's not that many left. So your chance to win uh, those tickets: the ECU Mudcats co-branded hat and uh, a T-shirt. Two five two five six one game. Two five two five six one four two six three. And then Jim Zoki. Panthers lost their first game yesterday. Uh, we'll get in that with Zoke coming up on the other side. Patrick Johnson show here on the flagship of the Pirates, ninety four three. The game. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Attention seniors who are Medicare eligible and those on Medicare disability. Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group with five branches local to Eastern North Carolina wants you to know that the annual open enrollment period is October 15th until December 7th. This is the only time this year that Medicare recipients can make changes to their Advantage plans, supplement plans, or prescription drug plans for 2022. Medicare benefits don't have to be confusing. Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154 or come in and speak to a trusted advisor. They'll explain the options and help guide you through the process in case you want to make changes. Using an agent doesn't cost a thing and gives you the peace of mind about enrolling in the right plan. Remember, open enrollment for 2022 is only available until December 7th. Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154, online at flatlandsjessup.com, or visit them on Facebook. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. If you want the best steak in eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A. Patrick Johnson Show right now. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. 
So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy, 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered. Pirate fans, single-game tickets are on sale now for as low as $20 for three great games to come. East Carolina will take on the Bulls of South Florida, the Temple Owls for Hall of Fame weekend, and then Thanksgiving weekend, it's nationally ranked Cincinnati. For tickets, go to ecupirates.com. You can paint this one purple. Every Monday during the football season, join me, Jim Zoki, as I talk Carolina Panthers football and the latest from the NFL with Patrick Johnson right here on 94.3 The Game, Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. More of the Patrick Johnson Show right now. Facebook's been down for what, like five or six hours? It's been a while on Instagram. Insta? Can't do it for the gram, can you? Nope. How about TikTok, Courtney? Is it still up? TikTok the, is up. What's the other one? Yik Yak. Yik Yak? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. But Courtney lit up when you said Yik Yak, <laughs> didn't she? has a lot of fun on Yik Yak. Uh, apparently. Did you chronicle your Yik Yak uh, car adventures? You could have done it on Yik Yak. You did? Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm not sure what the yik yak is. It I don't sounds, think you want to know. Yeah. It sounds like uh, it sounds like perhaps the after effects of uh, perhaps going at it too hard on homecoming weekend. Uh, hey, you're not too far off. Might have yik yak. Um, Panthers dropped their first game yesterday. By the way, our uh, our winner was Win from uh, Williamson. He gets the uh, Alice Cooper tickets and uh, some of those other ECU goodies. So uh, congrats to Win uh, tonight. Uh, I brought up Facebook because the Mike Houston show, it looks like it's only going to be heard on 94.3 The Game. I guess they had usually done some sort of Facebook uh, presentation with it from Logan's, and uh, since Facebook is down, since the book is down, that will not be the case tonight. So uh, just saw that note. Uh, we've got at 7 o'clock tonight, Panther Talk on uh, our sister station, Talk 103.7 WTIB. All right. Um, here is the one and only. Jim Zoki, who will be on that program tonight as the Panthers come off of their uh, first loss of the season. Uh, Jim, a kitchenette in the booth. That's pretty neat. That's pretty good. Can't go wrong with a kitchenette. Everything's big. That, that, everything's bigger in Dallas thing. It, it's actually pretty true in a lot of cases. Uh, did you? How much of the game did you watch on the massive uh, overhead screen from the booth? About 94% of it. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't not see it. It's just huge. And then you look down, and every time you look up, the player's look even smaller than the last time you looked down. So you do, especially the red zone. I was watching a lot of that giant overhead screen. I, I remember that from last time we were down there being that same way. It's a little bit of a distraction, but it is not only just huge. I mean, the HD quality of it is amazing. Did uh, Sam Darnold come down to earth, or did the offensive line kind of fail him a little bit? What was your 
take on all that yesterday? Yeah, I mean, like uh, Coach Roy had his press conference today. He said they, they got to protect him better. There are things he can do to protect himself better. Like we talked last time about Dak Prescott gets the ball out so quick, about 2.4 seconds on average, which is one of the fastest in the league. In this league, I mean, you just got to get rid of the football quickly and uh, credit him for hanging in the pocket and trying to let routes get extended downfield. And everyone appreciates that, but there are plays where you've just got to get rid of the football. Uh, but also, they were not protecting him well enough, so they got to get better in that area. And did he come back down to earth? I mean, he still threw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, and two picks were bad. But I thought overall, he still played well. Leads the planet in NFL rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So, I mean, he's, he's doing all right. I think the first interception was maybe uh, the pressure. Uh, the interception, the second one was just kind of a bad decision on his part. But I think the first one was more. Uh, one of those deals that he, he was trying to maybe get rid of the ball a little bit and, and trying to make a perfect throw. But, but I hear what you're saying. He still takes, you know, the, uh, the heat for both those picks, and, and I get all that. Uh, uh, defensive line, too, which had come in leading the league in sacks, did not have a sack yesterday. Yep, and that gets back to Dak Prescott and the way he plays football. And um, you know, on the list of things that went bad yesterday, the, the, the worst thing of all, was the 245 rushing yards, but it was not so unexpected that it would at least have a low sack total. I mean, you still expect you're going to get some numbers and, and you're going to affect him more than they did. And they only had one quarterback hit, let alone the fact that they didn't have any sacks yesterday. So even the, whatever style of football, if you're playing Drew Brees in his heyday, you still expect to at least get in there and get some more pressure on the quarterback than that. But, uh, you know, again, credit Dallas. They do a great job. And they do all the throws. I mean, they'll, they'll sprint him out and, and they'll roll him. He'll get it out of the pocket quickly and, and then they still manage, obviously, to set back and do a seven-step drop and throw deep balls out of that, too. So he's he's good. I've seen some debates on TV. Is he the best quarterback so far this season in the NFL? I don't think anybody's playing better than he is right now as far as that position goes. You know, I, there was a lot of criticism how Mike McCarthy uh, maybe was not the most aggressive or at times creative play caller. Of course, it's easy when you have a running back that runs for uh, 240 or whatever it was yesterday that Ezekiel Elliott did. But, uh, you know, it seems like that the times I've seen Dallas, including yesterday, they've been really aggressive. I mean, they've made some they, – they play – the play calling is pretty aggressive for the Cowboys. They are, because, like you said, they have the weaponry to do that. they got terrific receivers. Uh, they got two good running backs because Pollard's really good. Uh, Dalton Schultz uh, dropped a few yesterday. got lucky with some calls on that. But he uh, he is, a you know, as far as pass-catching tight ends, quickly emerging as one of the better younger ones. Uh, in the league, and, uh, and again, an offensive line that can help you make all that facilitate. So uh, they can afford to be aggressive. That's kind of what McCarthy would like to do. And, and Kellen Moore is a play caller there. He's the yeah. offensive coordinator, right. and right. that's what he is. I mean, just a really aggressive approach, smart guy, future head coach in this league. He's kind of viewed like Joe Brady is in this league. So you know, keep that name in mind. Uh, Kellen Moore is a holdover from the previous regime down there with Jason Garrett, and uh, probably be a head coach at some point. In fact, they've kind of viewed him as a coach in waiting in Dallas, but they keep playing and be waiting a long time, so he might be going somewhere else. The great uh, Jim Zoki uh, from the Panthers Radio Network with us. If there's a docket that you can, at least right now on paper, get wins against, because I, I, Carolina, look, doesn't need to come into this final month or whatever it is of the season needing to kind of win out. In other words, it seems around the way things are playing out, there are still some wins to be had over the next five, six weeks versus near the back end of the year where you're, you know, maybe trying to chase down a playoff spot. You would presume the uh, Bucks are still the favorite in the division. 
And yeah, that last game they might you might get a deal where you're not playing Brady for what that's worth. Who knows? A lot can happen between now and then. But all's not lost here. There's a chance to get some wins. Have you got a bunch of one win teams coming up here over the next several weeks? Yeah, I think uh, Joe Person wrote in the Athletic that the uh, Panthers' next five games they should be favored, and I think they open as a four point favorite in this game against. Philadelphia coaches have to take it one week at a time, but Patrick, we could take 13 at a time if we want to. It's sure. entirely up to us. That's why we're and here. So you're right. I think the end of the year, Buffalo, Tampa twice, and New Orleans, you know, sets up as being difficult. But this uh, stretch coming up, you got uh, Philadelphia, you got Minnesota, New York Giants, teams like that, Atlanta the week after that. So they got Arizona somewhere in November. Obviously, that'd be a tough one. But uh, again, best team doesn't always win every week, there's upsets every single week. But as far as the schedule setting up, you got to feel like that they got a chance to come through this stretch. Uh, with uh, with a winning record and with the expanded playoffs as of last year, with seven getting into both conferences, I uh, feel good about uh, their chances, especially if they can pad that record uh, in the first part of the season. I'm going to let Ben ask you a question here before I do. More exciting Mick sighting in the city of Charlotte. Mick Jagger at a dive <laughs> bar or if somebody spots Mick Mixon anywhere? Well, Mick Mixon, as you might have seen on the Twitter, was spotted in Albemarle, North Carolina. What? So I would think in Albemarle, that was probably, by ratio, about the same amount of excitement as Mick Jagger being in Charlotte. <laughs> what was he doing at Albemarle? Is that where he buys his he sneakers? He was at the Kiwanis Club, of course. Oh, He's speaking okay. to the Kiwanis Club. Oh, well, there you, you go. Probably get this, you, you probably get those kind of gigs. I get those kind of gigs. So you, I, I'm sure if we, get, if we get those gigs, I'm sure you're getting those kind of gigs. I don't know. No, I, I don't get asked to speak. <laughs> you know, I, I've said no to so many things. I think people sort of figured out we don't need to have. Plus, I mean, who wants to hear me talk? I mean... Look, an hour a day, more than enough to hear what I've got to say. I don't even, if you're up to me, I, would, I wouldn't want to listen to it. Myself, I get tired of listening to myself, Jim. I mean, my gosh. Oh, I disagree, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, an hour is. disappointed to hear that. An hour is plenty. Who wants, me to, who wants me to show up and ramble on for 45 more minutes? Gracious. Come well, on. Ben, ben and I are two people. I don't know how many it takes to make that a positive, but that's two I know of is Ben and Spe- Speaking of Ben, uh, a great B-Baby Byron moment during our ECU pregame show on Saturday, so I hope he'll channel the same energy here uh, to ask you a couple Panthers questions. Okay. Zoke, in Matt Rule's latest press conference, he kind of hinted at a possibility of Christian McCaffrey returning next mm-hmm. week against the Eagles. What's the latest mm-hmm. on that? Well, he was asked about it, and so he had to answer it. And he said, you know, how coaches are in the NFL, they don't want to do anything sooner than they have to as far as divulging anything. So, you know, Wednesday would be practice. And uh, he said Christian will be out there at practice Wednesday. doesn't mean he'll be practicing or doing more than standing there with a trainer. But that would be kind of the next indicating time for them would be Wednesday. But I would think with a hamstring and with a long season that it would be a, a, a major upset if Christian McCaffrey is playing in this game coming off a hamstring injury. But, again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say that for 100%. But i got to believe it's it's a long shot. But uh, it does sound like the fact that they put him on IR last week, this will be game two, uh, that uh, means you know he would have had to miss three games to go on IR. Is that maybe it's a possibility the following week against Minnesota? But I'd be surprised if he plays against Philadelphia. Zoke, the offensive line allowed 20, 21 quarterback hurries, 16 quarterback hits, and five sacks. It's pretty clear some adjustments need to be made on the offensive line and it needs to be made now before we get into the thick of the season. Um, why is that? Why have they not pulled the trigger on that, especially when you pulled in two kind of rookies out of the draft and Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen, who we saw in that Panthers confidential, they're very high on. And so far, they haven't really gave them much of 
any kind of playing time or any kind of chance it seems like to be a starter and take over maybe a John Miller. Or even when F-Line was out, they gave Daly the nod. What's the deal there with those two rookies and why they're not in the lineup, especially when the offensive line is clearly struggling, even in the first couple games? Yeah, I think, yeah, they're bringing them along and, yeah, they see them in a way that we don't with practice and the meetings and so forth. So I would think that, uh, you know, that, that could be a future possibility as the season wears on, but that they don't feel like they're quite ready for that responsibility just yet. And uh, we'll see. You know, they'll, they'll make changes when they have to. They expect anybody that goes out there, whether it's Dennis Daly or whoever, to be able to do the job. And so um, we'll see. I, think, I thought it was a tough day for Cam Irving yesterday, but, I mean, they're not going to change left tackles uh, all of a sudden, I don't think. So I, at some point, that could happen with some of these rookies, but they're just not ready to pull that trigger yet. Hey, Zoak, thanks a lot. Uh, do appreciate it, and looking forward to hearing you tonight at 7 on uh, Talk 103.7 WTIB. Sounds good. Thanks, Patrick. All right, there he goes. Jim Zoki, Panther Talk. Check he and Eugene Robinson and Mick Mixon headed Albemarle last week. Not quite Mick Jagger at the dive bar, but a Mick was spotted in that area. My guy Jake DeLone was on the broadcaster today for Eugene Robinson. He was awesome. Big fan of Jake for the Long. for the uh, for the game broadcast. Yep. Yeah, he's done a few of those. He does a nice job with that. He really does. I, they've got a nice little mix of. Uh, and I tell you what, I thought um, uh, Greg Olson was really good on the telecast yesterday. Oh, yeah, sh- sure was. Yeah, he was really was called good. it like it was. He did. He was really really uh, big big future for Greg Olson in that. All right, uh, here is uh, Ben Byram, and uh, Ben's got an update on everything going on Pirate Nation and beyond, and then we'll get into our pirate report. And wrap this puppy up on this uh, Monday. Uh, don't forget, we got Mike Houston's show coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll also have our Houston huddle for you tomorrow. Uh, it'll be out in podcast form around 8.30 or so tomorrow morning. And then uh, we'll have the uh, highlights or perhaps the whole damn thing for you tomorrow uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Here is uh, Ben right now, though, a sports flash here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, Patrick. ECU running back Keith Mitchell is named to the AAC Weekly Honor Roll after his performance in the Pirates 52-29 stopping over Tulane. Keith rushed for over a career high 222 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 14.8 yards per carry. This is the third consecutive 100-yard rushing performance for the freshman. Here's head coach Mike Houston's comments following the game on the running back's performance in that game overall. Highest rushing performance since 2007 is what I've been told. Uh, highest single game rushing performance since Chris Johnson in uh, the bowl game in Hawaii, which was also 2007. So pretty good night on the ground. But uh, a lot of that credit goes to our offensive line. You know, it's, you know, after, after you know, being really challenged last week, um, you know, from the performance uh, and, you know, the way they were pushed in practice this week to go out and play the way they did tonight, um, just really proud of that group. And they gave Rajay and Keaton you know, all the all the room to run that they needed. And uh, those two guys, they're good players. So, uh, you know, just really pleased with the win against a really good Tulane football team. More from Mike Houston immediately following today's show at the Mike Houston Radio Show, live from Logan's Roadhouse. It's exclusive and can only be heard on 94.3 The Game. From the NFL, plenty of names now either on IR or sideline for a few weeks. The Washington football team will be without their all-pro guard, Brandon Scherf. He'll be out for at least two weeks due to a knee injury. His teammate tight end Logan Thomas will also be out for what is believed to be at least a week due to a hamstring injury. Denver quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is currently in concussion protocol after taking several big hits in the opening half against the Ravens. Bengals running back Joe Mixon is week-to-week with a low-grade ankle sprain. Bears running back David Montgomery is currently being looked at for a knee injury. 
Dolphins receiver Will Fuller has been ruled out for next Sunday's game against Tampa Bay due to a hand injury. And Jimmy Garoppolo is set to have an MRI on his calf. Rookie Trey Lance will be the starter in the meantime. Moving on to college basketball, the annual Maui Invitational will once again not be held in Hawaii this year due to coronavirus concerns. This year the event will be held in Las Vegas. And wrapping it up for Major League Baseball, Greenville native and record-breaking umpire Joe West has announced he will retire after the MLB postseason. And the New York Mets are moving on from manager Luis Rojas after a third-place finish in the NL East. That's going to do it here at 94th of the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Byron. And action. Pirates. Oh, there. Panthers. Go, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. He's going to go in. Touchdown. The fastest two hours in radio. Fastest two hours in radio. The award-winning Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. With Patrick Johnson and ECU legend Terrence Copper. Counting down to kick off with all the info you need to get ready for game day. Green 54. <laughs> Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. Pirate Game Day Countdown. On 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. October is here, and that means the holiday season and cooler weather are right around the corner. But it also means the new crop of peanuts is being harvested. So if you are looking for great North Carolina peanut snacks, look no further than Bertie County Peanuts. Small batch, hand-cooked, and 100% guaranteed. You can't go wrong with their gourmet peanuts. Now with free shipping. Shop online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net or drop by and see them in Windsor at Powell & Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a North Carolina tradition. Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station's where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because, uh... The quality is great, and they can cut it any size you like, and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds, and that's perfect for my for my family. Because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown, just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. Excitement is building for the new Greenville Ace Hardware at the corner of Fire Tower Road and Charles Boulevard in the old Rite Aid location. The planned opening date is October 5th. So get ready, Greenville, for the great customer service of Ace Hardware. The new Ace Hardware will feature great grills from Traeger, Weber, Big Green Egg, and more. Plus, name brands like Husqvarna, Milwaukee, DeWalt, Craftsman, and the new Ego line. The new Ace will also have a full line of Benjamin Moore paints. Get ready, Greenville. The new Ace Hardware store is almost here. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is where the fiesta never ends. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Wednesday for shrimp tacos for only $9.99. Plus, Wednesdays means all Mexican imports for only $2.50. Thursdays, enjoy your favorite beef, chicken, or vegetable fajitas for only $9.99. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. 
now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, there we go. Uh, hang on. The Pirate Report. Keep the music up for a second here. I'm trying to find my list here. Ah, here it is. Uh, Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group. When you're ready to talk about insurance protection, call Flatlands Jessup Insurance. Time financing. Need money fast? Time financing is your personal loan specialist. Time financing with two dozen locations in North Carolina. Acre Station. Local grown pork, beef, fresh and smoked sausage, Acre Station Meat Farm, Highway 32 in Pinetown. All right, uh, let us uh, run through today's pirate report. These are some of the post game comments from uh, Coach Houston and Morgan, uh, not Morgan, but uh, Holton Nailers. This is uh, Holton talking about uh, the pass to Keaton Mitchell after the game. Shoot, man. I mean, anytime you can hand the ball off and then go score, it's pretty easy for me. You know, I don't got anything else to do. Just watch Keith go run. Um, but, I mean, once he gets past five yards, it's hard to catch him. He's a special talent, and, and Rajay is too. Um, you know, those guys are a great duo. Um, and I mean, they're, they're helping put ECU back on the map. Ailer says he was proud of his team. Yeah, I am. That's probably the most proud I've been since I've been here of those guys. You know, they've they've been challenged a lot this week during practice. Um, you know, they've had my back. I've had theirs. Um, I believe in those guys. You know, they're they're an older group. They've been through a lot here, and then we got some younger guys too that are stepping in and, and really performing well. So, I'm super proud of those guys. I'm super thankful for them. Ailers on winning the first conference game. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, starting one and zero in the conference, huge. Um, three game win streak is huge. Um, I mean, you know, next week in Orlando is a lot bigger now. Um, and we just got to continue to, to do what we're told to do, um, do what we're coached to do, kind of like Warren said. But, you know, I mean, this, this team's talented. Um, we can play with anyone, and, you know, we're excited to go do that. And Holt Naylor's talked about Tyler Sneed. Yeah, um, they went cover one there, um, man free. They sent the house. Um, whoever didn't have a man there in the line picked it up. The running backs picked it up. Um, I looked off. I looked at Shane's release. Because him and Snead both had go routes. Um, Shane got jammed up. The safety went with Shane, so I turned back and Snead killed him. So, um, you know, hats off to Snead. Um, he's one of the best players in the country, and it's easy to throw to open receiver. And this is uh, Holt Naylor's talking about starting off the game hot, as the Pirates did, picking up 17 first-quarter points. Feels great. Um, you know, we, we, we felt like they were still in it. Um, we couldn't, you know, you know, take our foot off the gas, but it did feel good, you know, get a hot start um, and, and not be playing catch up kind of like they were doing tonight. Um, it felt good to, to, to start hot and then continue that. I um, mean, we hit a little lull there in the third quarter, but you know, I mean, they're a good football team. They had a good push there. And um, I think that shows that, you know, the older guys on this team weren't going to allow it to that game to get out of hand. Um, we knew we had to put our foot on the gas and, you know, take us to a win. So that's what we did. Pirates a 52-29 winner over uh, Tulane on homecoming. This is Mike Houston's reaction on our Pirate Report today to the victory over the Greenies.
pretty good night for the Pirates. You know, what a what, what an incredible performance by our team. And, uh, you know, we talked about it, uh, you know, middle of the week. Um, you know, really challenged them last Sunday. Uh, challenged them on Tuesday. We had an extremely physical practice on Tuesday. Uh, came back Wednesday, had another, you know, physical day on Wednesday. Um, and just really, you know, it, it, I, I'm just proud of the way they responded. Uh, you know, it says a lot about their character. You know, they were challenged to, to play a certain way. Um, you know, when I took the job two and a half years ago, I stood up my press conference and described the kind of team we were going to build. And I played those clips for the, for the team um, yesterday, you know, during our team meeting yesterday afternoon. And they came out and played exactly the way we described the program would, would, would compete and play. And uh, couldn't be more proud of our players. Um, couldn't be more proud of our coaches. Um, it's just, you know, what a night. The Pirate running game churned out over 300 yards on the ground, thanks in large part to Keaton Mitchell's 222 yards. Uh, this is Mike Houston on that uh, running back tandem and their performance Saturday. The highest rushing performance since 2007 is what I've been told. Uh, highest single-game rushing performance since Chris Johnson in uh, the bowl game in Hawaii, which was also 2007. So pretty good night on the ground. But uh, a lot of that credit goes to our offensive line. You know, it's... You know, after after you know being really challenged last week, um, you know from their performance uh, and you know the way they were pushed in practice this week to go out and play the way they did tonight, um, just really proud of that group. And they gave Rajay and Keaton, you know, all the all the room to run that they needed. And uh, those two guys, they're good players. So uh, you know, just really pleased with the win against a really good Tulane football team. Ben noted it a very balanced performance. And Mike Houston talked about that uh, balance going uh, over 300 yards uh, and pretty well split on the ground and through the air. Well, I've said the better we can run the football, the better we'll throw the football. So I don't think it's a coincidence. We had 310 yards rushing and we had 302 yards passing. So we want to be balanced, but it really takes the pressure off of Holton and the offensive line. And, you know, the biggest example of that was the touchdown pass to Snead on fourth down in the second quarter. You know, Holton had all day. It was man coverage. And, I mean, you're only going to stay with Snead for so long. So you give him, give Holton time, he's going to find him. So, And that was a big play there to you know, kind of finish off the first half scoring. This is uh, Coach Houston talking about uh, the momentum from the first half and trying to keep that going throughout the whole ballgame. Tulane did get back into the game in the third, but the Pirates uh, came out and flexed in the fourth and uh, put 21 on the big board. This is uh, Coach Houston. Uh, though talking about uh, keeping the foot on the accelerator. Well, I don't know about relaxed, but certainly we were able to grab the momentum. Uh, you know, we want to have a fast start. Uh, we were extremely aggressive. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things, if the kids don't have my back there and perform on fourth down, you know, we went for it a couple times there where it was, you know, you know, iffy whether or not you should go for it. But, uh, you know, we said we wanted to be aggressive coming into the ball game. I thought Donnie did a great job with our play calls on fourth down. Um, and, you know, able, able to convert four out of five on the day, which I thought was huge. But the momentum early was big. I think, you know, the way we finished off the game in the fourth quarter is just incredible. Not a lot of uh, griping I've heard over the weekend about Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling all of a sudden, huh? Funny how that works, right? Uh, this is uh, Coach asked that the program's heading in the right direction. I just think it tells you a lot about the direction of the program, especially homecoming, Tulane, conference opener. And then for that to be the third win in a row, uh, I just think it says a lot about the direction of the program. I think it says a lot about the players. Um, and what an incredible day with our fan base. You know, that stadium was rocking all, all game long. And I'm telling you, 
that makes a difference. It makes a difference to our players. It makes a difference to recruits. Um, just our, 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 our fans were an impact today for us. And uh, Coach Houston talked about, you know, it was Terry Holland who started the no quarter thing with the fourth quarter raising of the flag all those many years ago. And uh, it was uh, – Coach Houston's kind of taking that to heart is more than just sort of a catchy slogan or a way to sell some uh, tailgate flags or apparel or anything. Uh, he, he kind of talked about – I mean, this is right there of the, with the Steve Logan. If you're a pirate, you go for it every time. Uh, and uh, this is uh, kind of the Mike Houston version of that, talking about no quarter. Well, I figured it was going to get back pretty tight. I mean, I just – Pratt's – Pratt's a good quarterback. They've got really good skill. Willie's a great coach. They're too good of a football team to, you know, just lay down and quit. So I expected them to come back. They did. Um, but our kids responded. And I think, you know, the the big thing to me, I mean, I, I thought that no quarter flag, you know, we we preach it to our kids about what that means. And I think the significant thing was putting the game away with the score, the first score of the fourth quarter and the last score of the fourth quarter and just the way that they played there to respond to those two touchdowns in the third. Uh, Coach, uh, again, elaborating on the great fan turnout for homecoming, over uh, 33,000 showing up on a picture-perfect day. Uh, Coach discussing that uh, in the postgame on Saturday evening. Pirate walk was as good today as I've ever seen it. I mean, it was energetic from the get-go. And, and the players, they felt it. And then you get out there on the field and, and just the way the stadium was, just the enthusiasm, the, the fans got into the game, and just that's the biggest piece about uh, you know being back at home. Coach uh, also talked about this sort of being the way that he wants to win with the balance and obviously the running attack leading to other things. In other words, this was a model for what uh, hopefully will be uh, the Mike Houston Keys to success uh, for many years to come. This is Coach discussing that. We've been fortunate everywhere we've been to be able to build a, a program that that's the way they play. And I'm just telling you, it's, it, it gets, it's just like that fourth quarter. I mean, you can demoralize your opponent if you can, if you can run the football that way on offense, if you can control the game like that on offense. Now, I'd like to not give up some of those big plays on defense. I mean, but that's, you know, that, that the, you know, the last big pass play has a Great play call, great scheme. They schemed us up in man coverage, got the back out, and uh, so that's credit to them. But, you know, just the physical play of our offensive line was just that, – that's that was the most pivotal thing about the night. You know, it's just that, – that's a really special performance by those kids. We talked about the tight end getting involved. This time it was Ryan Jones, Mike Houston on that. Well, I mean, he's been coming on the last several weeks, and uh, he had his best week of practice this week. Um, you know, we had a lot of things in the package for him this week, and uh, and he kept on making plays in practice. And I talked to Ryan on Wednesday and Thursday, and just told him, I said, "Hey, just be ready to go. You know, you're gonna get the chances." And he came through, and uh, really proud of just how much that kid has matured, grown up, assimilated himself to our locker room, and then just what a great performance tonight. This is uh, Coach Houston on Mason Garcia, who came in and threw a touchdown pass. That was pretty cool to see. Another, another guy that's, you know, been coming on and practicing better and better, Mason Garcia. First touchdown pass as a Pirate, first of many. Um, you know, and I, I really like the packages we have with him. Um, I think that it, uh, I think it, it's great for him. It's great for our team to be able to take advantage of his, his abilities. Um, and the, the greatest thing is, you know, Holton's right there, you know, his biggest fan. So, uh, really proud of those two guys and the way they played in the quarterback room tonight.
And this is, oh, the room. There we go. Back to the room, Ben. And then the uh, winning of the turnover battle. Pirates got three picks off of uh, Pratt, which was big. Mike Houston uh, talking about that on Saturday night. Yep. Tur- win the turnover battle. We stressed it this week. We talked about it. We worked it. Um, you know, something that uh, we take a lot of pride in defensively, but I, I, I'm really proud of our offense, how we're doing, you know, the job we're doing protecting the football. So. That is today's Pirate Report, and we will uh, come back to wrap up our show after this. Another season of Rose Rampants football is back on your home for Greenville Sports and the ECU Pirates. Let's go! Win on three, one, two, three. 94.3 The Game. J.H. Rose football is brought to you by the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blanche, Sam Pollard and Son, Heating and Air, First Bank, Caraway Office Solutions, Stadium Sports, and Doctors Bowman, Padgett, and Associates Dentistry. The Rampants play here on the home for Rose Rampants football. 94.3 The Game. Hey, I'm Gray Fussell, proud four-generation winemaker at Dupin Winery and proud new graduate of East Carolina. So many great things are happening right now at the winery. We're celebrating our 45th anniversary this year, and I'm officially Duplin's newest full-time employee. For four years now, I've been asking you to buy our delicious wines from your favorite store, and I hope you'll continue to do so. I think this makes me the official voice of Dupin Winery, so if you see my boss, who is also my dad, tell him I deserve a raise. Thank you for your support, and go Pirates. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Are you ready, Pirate fans? Freeboot Friday is back. Uptown Greenville invites you to Freeboot Friday, the official pep rally of home ECU football games. Join fans for live music, food, beer and wine, children's activities, and more. Brought to you by Wells Fargo, the Freeboot Fund takes place from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. each Friday before ECU home football games in the Five Points Plaza. Visit UptownGreenville.com for more information. And as always, go Pirates! Getting into college is more competitive than ever, especially for rural students. That's why we're opening new paths to NC State with options like spring admission and transfer programs. What we think and do helps rural students get into NC State and graduate to fill North Carolina jobs. Discover how we're growing paths to NC State. Visit wegrownc.ncsu.edu. Sponsored by NC State's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Ben, you fired up about the baseball playoffs? Or? Uh, where are the Mets right now? Not in it. No. <laughs> You know what? Um, 
I think you probably have about as good a situation for these. I mean, look, the, the best part of the playoffs is the wild card. I agree, yeah. And we could have had, I think, what, maybe three or four playoff games or play-in games? Yep. Three. We could have had three, right? Because you'd have had you could have had four teams out of the American League, so that'd have been two there. And there was one out of the National and then League, and I then believe, if, yeah. if the Giants lost and the Dodgers won, which the Dodgers did, then they'd have been playing for home field. I think that would have been captivating. Uh, but look, I don't think this week's going to be too bad. What is it? Tuesday that the Cardinals and Dodgers play, or is that Wednesday? Uh, I know the Yankees and the Sox play tomorrow. Yeah. So okay. So Wednesday. yeah, that's Wednesday. Yeah. So Yanks, Sox, and Boston. Let's go Sox. It's a one-game deal, right? One-game deal. I mean, could you ask for anything more, really? Hey, that only furthers the rivalry that we keep hearing yeah. about. And I mean, I, but it's actually something on the line for once, and you know, for the first time in a while. I love it. I do too. Yeah, maybe I'll watch some baseball. I, I think I will. And then I really, even though the Do- I mean, the Dodgers won a hundred. Now look, all the Dodgers fans are out there whining and crying that they won hundred six games and they got to be the wild card. But them's the breaks. <laughs> You know, I agree. But These are not the Padres who didn't make it at all, and they were building a championship contender, yeah. supposedly. Padres had a bunch of injuries, got a lot of problems. But, um, you know, I'm of the opinion, Ben, that, uh, that I mean, Cardinals, look, there's nobody hotter than the Cardinals right now, right? And that pains me to say as a Cubs fan. Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, when they, they're on that winning streak. Yeah. They won 17 in a row before they uh, – before they lost one. Cubs did nip them, I think, to end the season yesterday. But There you go. I, I really do yeah, I really do think I, I could do a whole show on how idiotic the Cubs fan base is, but we'll save that for a day when we need to. Look at your manager first. We can get rid of that clown. Unbelievable. All right, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Houston Huddle, 8.30 tomorrow morning, thereabouts. 94.3thegame.com will bring you those comments, plus player comments as well on the PJ Show.